You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. As you see that, open your Bible at Matthew chapter 3. Family of God, we are indeed living in challenging times. We know that the world has faced terrible calamity, and we know that according to the words of Jesus, that uh, we would experience in the last days that there would be all kinds of calamity. You know, we went through very horrible times. A lot of people experienced a lot of tragedy, a lot of loss, uh, whether it was in family, people they loved, whether it was in terms of our own, you know, I, I saw statistics the other day that the suicide rates in South Africa have gone up because of mental turmoil, because of lockdown and all of that. And it just shows you that people are struggling and battling. A lot of people lost their jobs. Many, many families who spent a lifetime building a business just wiped out. And when you listen to people, there's, there's a sense of, you know, we can't do this again. What's going to happen? And yet we know the enemy is still out there. And Jesus said in the last days, things would get so tough and rough that eventually when things do happen, that we need to be ready and prepared for it. But yes, the good news, when it comes to the believer, we're not afraid. See, even though God was going to bring a flood upon the earth, Noah was not afraid because he had heard from God and he was preparing. And it doesn't matter how bad that flood got. I mean, it wiped out the entire earth. Him and his family survived because they had been serving God and were listening for His instructions. And as long as they obeyed His instruction, even though the rest of the world was, was totally turned over, they were kept safe and protected. Even when the whole of Egypt was coming down on Israel, you, they didn't have to fear. God was with them and God opened a Red Sea for them to get through and saved them from a horrible fate that could have happened had that is, the Egyptian army caught them. And you see all the way through the Word of God again and again and again and again. Many of the faith heroes that we listen to and we read about and we see that the great Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith fame of men and women of God that stood the test of faith and succeeded. You look at every one of them. It wasn't just because, well, they went to church and, you know, God loved them. No, everyone faced a turmoil, faced an enemy, faced a battle, faced famine. Something was going to wipe them out where anybody else would have said that would have been impossible to come through. It's not like, well, that could have been God maybe, but, you know, anybody could really have solved that problem. No, it's when things seem like impossible. There's no way out of this. That's exactly the time you see God step in and these men and women of God stood in faith with their God and saw great delivery, great recovery, great turnaround, great victories. And family God, I'm here to encourage you today. He's the same God today. He has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even though things may be crashing around you, David said, I've seen even lions go hungry, but I've never seen the righteous begging for bread. Why? God is for you. Who can be against you? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And sometimes I hear Christians that start to worry and are concerned 
And I realized the reason we worry or are concerned is because the pressure is happening around us. There was Peter when he was walking on the, on the water. I mean, that, that is so out there. Jesus said, come, and he believed him, and he stepped out. It wasn't the stepping out that was a problem. He had already got onto the water. It was when he looked at the waves and the storm, and the wind was upon him, and he felt that pressure. And as a result of that, fear entered his heart. But you notice Jesus, he said, look on me. Keep your eyes on me. And when he did that, he walked back to the boat with Jesus. Family God, I'm here to tell you today that God wants to take you beyond what you can even imagine. I know you can look at the words great recovery and in our mind we kind of work out what that means for us. It's, you know, maybe getting my job back, maybe getting my house back, maybe getting the car back, maybe getting, I don't know what, what you may have lost. But what God wants to do in your life when you look back on this year, 2022, you're going to be shocked and amazed. You're going to be like, well, I was not expecting that. That's always the way I saw it with Moses. I can imagine God says, I'm going to deliver you. And he lifts up his staff. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. I don't know exactly how it went, but I can play my mind. into. It. I like to imagine. And just imagine a rumbling and a noise and a wind. And next moment, splatter, splatter, splatter. You know, the water starts. And all of a sudden, it separates. And next moment, boom, it lifts up. And there's walls on either side, dry ground. And I can just see Moses staring at that thinking, I would not have thought of that. I knew God was going to deliver us, but <laughs> open a sea. And family God, I believe you're going to have those open Red Sea moments in your life. And it's time for us to believe that and to know that. And I realize the only reason I've ever had concerns or worries or problems in my life is because there's been times that I've taken my eyes off God. And here's the thing that really bothers me. Uh, I was, uh, Apostle Theo was sharing with me a message that, that he had heard where a preacher said, you know, he even doubts God. He even doubts the Bible. I think, what are you doing in the pulpit? If you doubt this book, why are you there? Why are we allowing our hearts to get to that place? Because God wants you to experience the best he has for you. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to increase you. To make you more and more. Say amen. So family God, I want to talk about who we are and how we walk with God. Because so often the enemy, the way he gets in between us and God is to destroy our trust in God. And if he can break that relationship, break that trust, then we will not see what God has in store for us. When you look at Jesus on the earth while he walked on this planet, you saw many, many signs and wonders, miracles, again and again and again. Many, many lives were touched and changed by Jesus, restored, healed, delivered, provided for. And that same Jesus still wants to do that in your life today. And sometimes we look at Jesus and you ask the question, why was he so successful? And people say, well, he's Jesus. He's supposed to be. He's God. Do you remember when he came to this earth, he came as a man. The Bible says in Philippians, he emptied himself of all his power and glory, and he came in the likeness of a man. And while he walked on the earth, before he was baptized, you didn't see any miracles in his life. And yet, when he gets to that river Jordan, and he is baptized, 
And as he comes up out of the water, we see in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, when Jesus had been baptized, he came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. Now, I always saw the picture that, uh, you know, when he was baptized, as you can keep reading, you'll see, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. I thought, you know, the way I read that was the heavens opened so that the Holy Spirit could come upon him. And you kind of, you know, you don't see it or, you know, put a full stop by that, but you can imagine the windows closing again. That's not what it said. It said the windows opened to him. The windows opened to him. Not that didn't, it didn't say the windows opened for the Holy Spirit to come through. See, when he had come up out of that baptism, the windows of heaven opened to him. How many of you are believers? How many of you brought the Lord's tithe to the house of God? The Bible says the windows of heaven are open above you. We're living under an open heaven. Say that. I'm living under an open heaven. Say it again. And Jesus said the windows of heavens opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God. Everybody say Spirit of God. Descending like a dove and alighting upon him and suddenly a voice came from where? Heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I'm always interested in the way God put that. The father said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Uh, this is just a side note. I've learned to train myself to stop saying I'm proud of you because we know pride is a, is a heart issue. And I know where there's sometimes you can say good pride, but you know, I, I want to make sure that we keep our terminology accurate. God didn't say, this is my son. I'm proud of you. He said, I'm well pleased in you. I'm well pleased in you. And, and so I've been, I've been using God's terminology. And that's just, you know, that's, that's a, a journey I went through, if you're interested. And so, yeah, but the point I'm making here is God speaks and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now, it's interesting in this encounter, you know, there's different ways that uh, people interpret scriptures, and there's a certain movement out there that, that talks about Jesus only, that, that Jesus is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But when you see the way it's mentioned in the Word of God, you got to look at the terminology. Uh, God is one God. I said God is one God. But how many know Adam and Eve were one? And then God separated them and then brought them back together as husband and wife and called them one flesh. Janine and I are one. I said, Janine and I are one. You don't expect to see her in me. And yet, I am in her and she is in me, spirit-wise. Isn't that right? And so God is one God. But if he was only one person, he would have let us know. He wouldn't allow confusion to reign. Yeah, you see one of the classic examples is when Jesus was baptized, you notice that it says Jesus, in his body, he was still there. He went in the water and he came out. And what happened? The Holy Spirit came. And notice it says, like a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a bird. 
You see the pictures. A bird comes on Jesus. No. The Holy Spirit's not a bird. It says it came like. Like. Now you can imagine a bird is very, you know, very quiet when it flies and when it comes into land and lands gently. Well, that's exactly the Holy Spirit came. So Jesus saw that. Now, I don't know if anybody else saw it, but he saw this Holy Spirit come and come upon him. And then you hear a voice from heaven. Now, you have to say, now, who was that? Or was that just Jesus doing ventriloquism? Or was Jesus throwing his voice from heaven? No, there was another person in heaven. Who is that? That's our Father. So yeah, you see the three persons of the Godhead revealed because we know that Jesus is God according to John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word in verse 14 became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So Jesus is God, and yeah, we see the Holy Spirit coming upon Him and the Father speaking from heaven. Can you see that? And so here we have this example where Jesus now is baptized in water. And as he comes out the water, the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Now I want us to focus on this concept of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? And then you have a look in Luke chapter 3. I want to just read it from another perspective. Same account. But here you will see. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son. In you I am well Please, there it is again. Now remember, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so here we see the Holy Spirit coming bodily upon Jesus. In other words, the Holy Spirit has a body. But notice it's not a flesh body. Jesus didn't walk around with a bird for the rest of his life. No, the Holy Spirit had moved into Jesus bodily. Bodily. Spirit body is as real, if not more real. It is the real that God is. When you are in the realm of the Spirit, Spirit is as solid as we feel solid now. God is not some... You know, just vapor just floating around somewhere. The Bible speaks of God having waist and hands and eyes and face. And Are you with me? He's seated on a throne. The same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a bird. He is a person. He is a person. And I want us to get to know this because... You know, when we're born again and we saved, we always think of God in heaven. And if I pray, will God hear me? You know, I'll, my prayers go up and they just hit the ceiling. Your prayers don't have to go higher than your nose because God is with you all the time. The moment you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. 
And if we want to see the results that Jesus had, we notice when it says in Hebrews, uh, when it says that without faith it is impossible to please God, he who comes to God must believe that he is. Believe that he is. Believe that he is. And I want the Holy Spirit to be so real to you that you know that he's always there with you. You will never be afraid again in your life. When people are sometimes afraid to be alone or they're afraid of the dark or they're afraid, you know, nervous what's around them is because they think they're on their own. Come on, how many you know uh, when you're growing up, I don't know if this happened to everybody, but sometimes dad would say, you know, I mean, it's like late at night, you're about to go to bed. And then he says, I want you to take the, the, the rubbish out and put it by the street. It's like, do you know what time it is? And you know what's out there. Come on, how many you went through that as a young person and you're like, you're looking around all the corners and you, and you grab the button. Now you've got to act like cool now and you put it down, but you're going to get back inside quickly before, you know, whatever your mind's trying to tell you is out there. But if dad's with you, oh, you can play outside all night because dad's right there. You can see him. Isn't that right? Well, family God, the only reason we're afraid of anything or concerned about something or we're worried that we won't be able to pay the bills, we're worried about the next day, we're worried about our job, what's going to happen in the future, our health, is because we've lost sight of God's with us. God is. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. How do you believe that? Say, my God said, he will never leave me nor forsake me. And so I want us to become aware and be recognized that the Holy Spirit is always with you. And as long as we know that we learn to be intimate with Him, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. When you've spent time with God and you've been in His presence and you've experienced His presence and you're intimate with the Holy Spirit, you will walk just as Jesus walked. You'll see great signs and wonders, great miracles happening, provisions, supply, everything you can ever imagine, want or desire, God will make sure happens in your life. See, look at Luke chapter 4. Remember, Jesus was then taken out to the wilderness and the devil tried to tempt him those three different times. And each time Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He believed the word. He trusted the word. Now he is the word, but he had obviously spent time in the word. The Bible says that he grew in wisdom and stature. Well, the only wisdom that he would have grown in was the wisdom of studying the word. He'd studied the scriptures. And so even though he was originally the word, he still is the word. But when he came in the earth, he had to read about it himself. And he'd spent time in the Word and developed his faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. How else did he please the Father? By having heard the Word. And so in those intimate times of being with God, reading the Word, studying the Word, he was then taken after he'd been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was tempted on those things. And he used the Word every single time. And then it says in verse 14, Jesus returned in the power of the spirit to Galilee and news of him went out throughout the, all the surrounding region and he taught in their synagogues being glorified by all notice this Jesus came in great power of the spirit you see in the world today you have courses where it goes and talks about you know developing your own self-confidence and self-power and have power in yourself and knowledge in yourself. Family of God, I noticed that me putting trust in myself has failed. 
How many you put trust in your own ability and capabilities and then you realize it wasn't enough? No, I want the power of the Spirit. I want the power of the Spirit. There are certain things I can solve in myself. You know, if I have a flat tire, I know how to change it. But there's so much in my life that I've got no idea how to do. And yet God says, I want to help you in that. I want to bring you through that. I want to save you. I want to heal you. I want to deliver you. I want you to experience heaven on earth. What's impossible to man is possible with God. And he says that he walked in the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. I want to see that power in my life. Now, sometimes when we read about these things and we hear about things happening in other places, we can get confused. What does it mean by power? And we're not talking about being spooky and woo-woo and weird, weird. Because, yeah, notice, Jesus came in the power of the Spirit. It doesn't say, and then he went on to be weird. It said he went about Teaching, 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 teaching. Family of God, there are times that I've been touched by the power of the Holy Spirit and put me on the floor and wiped me out, and I've experienced tremendous emotions as a result of that. But that's not the only reason we have the Holy Spirit. It's just to have a, a woo time in a church building. It's when you're in that classroom, when you're in that boardroom, when you're in that meeting, when you're in that gym, when you're in that place where God has placed you to be, where you need to be able to connect with Him and be able to help people in their lives. People are hurting out there. People need answers. People need solutions. I said people need solutions. I said people need solutions. They don't need more goosebumps. They need answers. I said they need answers. How is they going to get those answers? Because you know the Word of God. You know God's power. You've seen His power. You've heard God's Word. You put it into action. You've seen the result of it. Now you have a great testimony to be able to go and tell others about it. Say the power of the Spirit. See, when you're facing an impossible situation, you should be able to say, Jesus, I know you're with me. Call me. We're walking on the water. Hallelujah. How are you ready to do some water walking? See, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. Again, notice, who did the anointing? God. Who was anointed? By who? How many did you count there? Three different people. Jesus of Nazareth. Notice it didn't say Jesus of heaven. He did come from heaven. But on the earth, as a man, the Father anointed him. When did that happen? When he came up out that water. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And now he's anointed with the Holy Spirit. Now keep reading. God anointed who? Jesus, the man, with the Holy Spirit and with power. And what happened? He had goosebumps. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. God was with him. Now where is the Father? In heaven. Who God? 
we saw who the Holy Spirit came bodily upon Jesus. God with him. Before the Holy Spirit came, you didn't see any miracles in his life. But once the Holy Spirit had come, now the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the healing, delivering people was happening. How many you born again? Family, the moment you're born again, the Holy Spirit entered you bodily. I said the Holy Spirit entered you bodily. You know that you are a spirit being created in the image of God. When we die, when our bodies stop dying, not us, we'll never die. You'll never die again. You are the spirit. Your body may check out. So when the body shuts down and falls over, they're going to bury that, and you step out. And people say, you know, will we recognize each other when we get to heaven? You've heard me say it before. Will we recognize each other when we get to Durban? Because your body takes on the shape of your spirit. It's like a skin on the glove, the glove on the hand. And so when you step out, you are as tangible in the realm of the spirit and your God is as tangible. You will see the Holy Spirit as a person. He's not a <laughs> inside of you. He's not, he's not Casper. He's God. Bodily. Person. And he is the powerhouse, the power person of the Godhead. Wherever you see the Holy Spirit, you see the manifestation of God's power. When the Holy Spirit was hovering on the face of the earth, God said, light be, boom, the Holy Spirit went into action and the power manifested. Now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that power, Jesus could go about doing good, healing all who are sick and oppressed the devil. Family, the same way you have the Holy Spirit within you. Same Holy Spirit. I said the same Holy Spirit. You've got to get that. Not like Jesus had type A Holy Spirit and you got type B. No, you got exactly the same Holy Spirit. He lives within you. That means you can go about doing good and healing all. I enjoy wonderful times in the presence of God. I enjoy when it happens that you experience the power of God. And it's wonderful to experience it tangibly. But I don't have to experience it tangibly all the time because I know He's with me. I know that when I open my mouth, wisdom will flow. Why? Because it's not of me. It's of the Holy Spirit. I know when I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Why? Because I can't heal anybody. But I know the Holy Spirit is within me. I know when I plant seed, it grows and multiplies. Why? Because the power of God. God's working in my seed. I don't know how to do that. He does. And so you know that you have the same Holy Spirit in you. And I want you to be intimately aware of that and walk in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Man was created that way. Genesis chapter 3 verse 8. They heard this. As you know, uh, Adam and Eve were created and... As a result of that, they were walking, blessed, to fulfill the earth, to fill the earth, 
to multiply, be fruitful. And then, as you know, Satan came along and tempted them. And as a result of that temptation, eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God said, the day you eat of that fruit, you will die. And so now they've eaten of the fruit. Chapter 3, verse 8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. Walking in the garden. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking. He's not floating. He's walking as a person. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, family of God, one of the attributes of God is omniscience. It means he knows everything. How do you know if you're hiding behind a tree, God's not wondering, where are you? He sees you behind that tree. He wasn't asking, where's your body? Saying, where are you? Adam was hiding his body. He was embarrassed about his physical form. God said, where are you? As we study this out, family God, I want us to be aware of something. Adam back here in the garden, when God blessed him, he had three major factors that God had released into his life. Number one is he had relationship with God. Number two, he had purpose that God gave him, an instruction, a vision. And then number three, God gave him provision. And in that moment that he had sinned, he broke relationship with God. And in breaking relationship with God, he lost his vision. And in losing the vision, he lost his provision. And God's saying, where are you? Where's your heart now? What happened? Why are we not walking in relationship anymore? And family of God, I believe God is calling us back to that relationship. Back to walking in intimacy with Him. Because when we walk in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, then your purpose is restored. And when your purpose is restored, your provision is restored. I want you to get a hold of this because too many Christians are chasing after the provision. They're just what they need. And when they go into the presence of God, it's a long shopping list. God, I need. God, please give. God, when are you going to do? God, why haven't you yet? God, I need. God, I'm desperate. God, please help me. God, I need. God, I need. And you realize the person in that place doesn't understand the relationship with God. When you're intimate with the Holy Spirit and you understand Him, then you will be restored to your purpose. And when you rediscover your purpose and you walk in the place that God's called you and you experience His power flowing through you, when you're in that place of walking in divine purpose, you will always have the provision you need to carry out. You never have to worry about that ever again. Come on, give Jesus praise if you got a hold of that. Jesus never lacked for provision. Not once do you see him ever begging the Father. When he had 5,000 men to feed plus women and children, 
They would know. They said, well, 120 denarii, it's not enough. Jesus says, what do you have? Five loaves, two fish. What is that among so many people? He says, give it to me. He didn't even blink an eye. He lifted it to the Father. He was intimate with this power, and he believed he would see a result. And he said, Lord, bless this. Just multiply it, increase it. And he started handing it out like it was enough for everybody. He just believed it would feed everyone. He just believed. He just believed it would feed everybody. Jesus, five loaves, two fish. Come on. I'll watch this. And he just handed it out. And what happened? Everybody ate. Power was released. How many are ready to experience that kind of power in your life? Look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with how much? All your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. He'll direct your path. He'll direct your path. How do you want to succeed in life? Now, maybe we don't know the way to go. But he says, yeah, when you trust God, stop trying to figure out everything in your head. How have you noticed your head comes to an end? You, you try to figure out, what if I do this? What if I do that? And eventually you'll run out of plan A, B, C, D, and you're already down to plan Z. What comes after Z? <laughs> and that's that place of impossible. But when you trust God, and stop trying to figure it out in your head. Acknowledge Him. Be intimate with Him. Spend time in His presence. Recognize He's with you. I like the way it's put in. Uh, look at Psalm 37 verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I love this next statement. He, God, delights in your way. God wants you to succeed. We're so busy trying to beg God like He's on His own mission, and somehow we're going to need to get Him part of our life. No. Look at it from the New Living Translation. The Lord directs the steps of the godly, and He delights in every detail of their lives. God delights in every detail of your life. Hallelujah. Family, that's what we're going to see. We're going to walk in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And as we learn to be intimate with Him, listening to Him, trusting His voice, allowing Him to lead us and Him to guide us, then He will direct our paths. Hallelujah. That is one of my daily confessions. Father, I thank You. You are directing my path. There's many times I know in just a logic sense of what to do next. Uh, certain things that you know, you know, if you're going to run out of electricity, you know what website to go to or which shop to go to. You buy the voucher and you know how to plug it in. Boom, we got more electricity. Didn't need a miracle. There it is. But there are other times when I had no idea what to do, but I've trusted God, spent time with Him. And it's not like I even have to hear an instruction. Many times you'll do it as an instruction. But you don't always need to hear an instruction. But just by listening to the Holy Spirit, when you go out and you step into the work that God's called you to do, you'll suddenly find wisdom is there. You'll find the power is there. The glory is there. The anointing is there. And you will experience that presence of God come forth. You just open your mouth sometimes and give an answer and you think, where did that come from? 
That's way beyond my education grade. Have you ever experienced that happen in your life? Someone needs prayer. You're right there. You can pray for them and see them healed. Someone needs a solution. The answer's there. You're going to see great power flowing through you. And as we learn to be intimate with the Holy Spirit, we're going to see many, many multitudes getting saved. God's going to line you with people. And whereas before we may be nervous to lead someone to the Lord, you're going to have a boldness and awareness of God. So when you've been in His presence and you've experienced His power and you've experienced His anointing and He's refreshed you and He's filled you, you go about with great power and healing all who are sick and oppressed of the devil. Because God is with you. Come on, give your Jesus praise if you got a hold of that. Let's stand together. Say this, today I've heard the word of God. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's word, I'm also a doer. And today I recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. God's power fills me, floods me. This is not just religion. This is not me attending church. I walk intimately with the Holy Spirit. I'm aware of His presence at all times. I am filled with the power of God. The very person of the Holy Spirit dwells within my heart bodily. He lives within me, and I am led by Him. Holy Spirit, I recognize your presence. And I thank you for showing me and guiding me and helping me. You direct my path. Everything I do succeeds. Everything I put my hand to prospers. I see great recovery happening. A boldness fills me. I speak the word of God confidently. I lay hands on the sick. They recover. I sow seed. It multiplies. I am able to do all that God's called me to do. I have a great relationship with the presence of God. And I'm walking in my purpose. And I see full provision in the name of Jesus. You believe that? Give your Lord praise. Give Him honor. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.